When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Trot's Life. I went as hard as I could for you, Courtney, on the buttons. Uh, Yes, it is our Thursday show. It is great to be back. We've got most of our regular guests uh, get involved in the conversation. 0499 736 736. I just noticed on that voiceover, it says 0499, and it's just, it's not an O, it's a zero. It is actually a zero. Uh, So if you hit O, at the start of the phone number, it won't get through because it'll think it's a letter and then on some numbers. Um, welcome to my mind, people. Uh, yeah, Steve Cleave will join us for a look into his little black book. And I think we might have to, Steve, if you're listening, we might have to take this to the next level, the little black book. And I might throw that at you on air. I know you'll say yes anyway, so it doesn't really matter. Uh, Matt Young will join us from WA at the end of the hour. Mick Guren at the top of the second hour. Simon Jones in his SA segment, which has uh, really slotted in beautifully, I believe, into this Thursday show. And Jamie Cockshut is in studio. So uh, uh, hopefully I'll be getting a free lunch today because he owes me one. And uh, as we all know, he can afford it. He's right next to me at the moment. So if I go very quiet all of a sudden, I've just pushed him that little bit too far. We'll also catch up with Brett Coffey at 11.40. It's the first two-year-old race of the season. And there's some staggering uh, results for our bar. And we'll talk a bit about Vic Brett as well. Brett's got many hats uh, and many bow ties. So we'll cover off on a few uh, hats that he uh, wears. But the Storm Inside only had... 58 live foals, 58 live foals, and three of them are in the first uh, two-year-old race of the year in Victoria, which is an amazing result. And Vincent has won as well. The first two-year-old in WA was won by Vincent Horse. And from his first crop of 175 foals, they've averaged over $8,000 per foal. Now, that's a really strong statistic when you're thinking they're only two- and three-year-olds, so they've got a lot of earning and a lot of racing to go uh, as in throughout their lives. So to get it to 8,000 off the back of one crop that's had two seasons racing and another crop that's only had one season racing as a two-year-old, that, that is really an amazing statistic, and uh, Vincent's doing a wonderful job. His numbers have dropped off in the last uh, year or two, so it'll be interesting to see if there's been a real bounce back this year uh, for his numbers. And if you've got a Sun Beach somewhere mare at home, I'll be having a look at Vincent because from that first crop, he had four foals. Three of them are winners. And the other one and the other one is a uh, $30,000 earner. Hasn't won a race yet. So four foals from uh, Sun Beach somewhere mares in that first crop. And uh, four of them are pretty nice horses. So... And, of course, uh, if you're aware, the two-year-old that won by Vincent is out of a Sun Beach somewhere mare, and there's only one other one. So of the six, five of them have uh, have made the races and performed well. Pat from Melton. Jamie's in the studio. Did he bring in some pies? Boom, boom. No pies. No pies here. 
so yeah, he's he says he makes a good pie. I've never had the fortune of uh, getting one, uh, Pat. But what we he might celebrate with a pie if uh, your horse wins on Friday night with your first drive. Uh, hey, go you good thing! And you actually bring me to something I was uh, discussing last night, Pat. And I know you'll take this uh, how it's meant, but can you imagine a jockey in racing gets their uh, license to ride and their first ride is at Flemington? It's just not going to happen. In harness racing, Pat, you've got your first drive on Friday night and it's at Melton. And I know it's a $6,000 up to 50, 1,200-metre race. And this hasn't just happened overnight, but for for the for the lay punter in a pub that looks up and says, "Oh, Melton's on." That's Harness Racing's premium product. So they back, "Hey, go you good thing." Who's going to be about two dollars on Friday night? And then they see this guy's having his first race drive on um, at Melton at a metropo- at a metropolitan meeting. That that's what the lay person would think. And unfortunately, I think over the last fifteen years. By running uh, the the country front or the lower class races at Melton, we've sort of damaged the brand of Melton being our premium venue. Whether we need to just change the metro level racing to Melbourne, maybe as a name, I've said this before. I'm happy with Melton having country front race meetings. I don't have an issue with. It. I don't have an issue with your driving at Melton either, Pat. But to think that people associate Melton with our premium brand and you can have your first drive at our premium venue, I don't know, it just doesn't seem to work for me. And I think it's best explained by, can you imagine a jockey having their first race ride at Flemington on a Saturday night, the first race? Like, it's just, you just know, it's just never going to happen. Anyway, that's uh, one point I wanted to make. And the second one, oh, I, I tossed the turn whether I'd say something about this, but... Hamilton Cup on Sunday. I'm not sure how uh, my great mate and I, Stevie Blacker, who owns Silent Major, and I'll declare my interest like I am great mates with Stevie and chat to him most weeks by text or by phone. How did this horse not get a run in that race? He's running multiple Group 1s. He's run a fourth in a Group 1 and a second in a Group 1. Ten starts ago, he ran second in a Vic Bread final on New Year's Eve, four-year-old Vic Bread final to a horse called Honolulu Bay. Now, he can, there's no Honolulu Bay he would have won that race. And his first emergence in the Hamilton Cup, and we've got a horse, Till Heaven's Rocking, who's a NR69. And with all due respect to David Murphy, you know, his, his last win was a 55 to 64 uh, and he's run a second and a third since, a third at Geelong over a mile and a 60 to 74, where he's $3.30 favourite. Now, you'll, people, the argument against Silent Major is that he's third up from a spell and he ran last last week, but he was only beaten 12 metres by fighties like captain, so what, let's rock, let's roll Terry. And he didn't go too bad in that race. So dashed home in 26-6 and he'll be fitter for the run. He's... <laughs> I don't know if there's another horse in that race that's even run in a Group 1 race. Maybe Ultimate Vinny and Major oh, Major Meister has, yes. Um, not many would have run in Group 1 races. Maybe Hanging Fire. Oh, no, I don't think so. And there he is. He's an NR84. What did you say? Who has won a Wangaratta Cup, so got no issue with him getting in. And then there's, like, Daylight at Dawn. Like, it's racing pretty well. It's an NR84. 
83, but, you know, it ran 10th in the Cobram Cup. And anyway, it just seems strange that Solent Major missed out on a run there. Pat says, I've dropped three kilos in the last three weeks for the occasion as well, Tapes. You're trying to get to uh, a jockey's weight. Um, I might have found that three kilos, Pat. So if you can stop dropping them around the place, uh, as I keep finding them. Uh, uh, Big fella says, we need to know, Toby, is Patrick going to be the key to getting his horse's head right? I need to know before my money goes on. Welcome live, Jamie, as well. Cheers, big fella. Pat says, very fortunate for the Stars line to get my first drive at Melton first race on a Friday night. Yes, I agree, Pat. Uh, and I'm sure you understand where I'm coming from, and it, I'm happy with you driving at Melton on a Friday night. I don't have an issue with that. I just want to um, get our brand, our metropolitan brand, whether we call it Metro Melton when it's a metro or something, or Melbourne instead of Melton or something, uh, just to identify that that is our metropolitan racing. Let's get to our first break. We'll come back the other side. And it's a peek into the Little Black Book, which has been an absolute staggeringly great success with Steve Cleave. Oh, welcome back to Trot's Life. It is our Thursday edition. Steve Cleave joins us. Steve, mate, uh, firstly, how are you? And thank you for filling in. Oh, we've lost him. He's dropped out. He's dropped out. We can even hear you ringing him. That's... uh, this is some real behind-the-scenes stuff. I heard it dialing. Steve has uh, dropped out. He'll be back in a second. Uh, just waiting. We tick along. It, this little black book segment has been a major success over the past, oh, I don't know, when we started moving it to the Thursday, maybe four or five months ago, I believe he's there. Steve, how are you, mate? And uh, how's things up on the hill? No? He's, we've lost him again. Mm. We'll, we'll try uh, take three on getting him. The phone, the old phone box system here does wonders, Jamie. This is why, uh, this is why Jamie really uh, generally try and get you on what's called an AB line, and it seems to work a lot smoother. Um, hopefully, it does work. It's a pretty tough show when you've got two hours with no phone. Uh, hasn't happened yet, um, but uh, it does get a bit tricky. Off the text, uh, Pat says, "I'm very happy with his head." Big fella is who he was responding to, but I wouldn't put my heart on hard earned on a first start driver if he was two dollars. But I think any new driver would just be happy if people fire with interest and hope. Yes, Pat, I uh, agree. And uh, I was talking to a, a very learned gentleman uh, last night, and he said it was a race he will not be betting on, but uh, hearing your story and knowing your story, he will be watching the race. And cheering you home. Here we go, Steve. I heard something. Stephen Cleveland, how are you? And uh, very well, Toby. A little bit concerned that you're going to throw something at me without notice, which is always the way. And uh, yeah, always wondering what that's going to be next. Yeah, well, uh, it's not a biggie. I wouldn't be too nervous. <laughs> but I think if we've got a little black book runner on a Wednesday night, we need to slot you in for a couple of minutes. Uh, yeah, well, we can always do that. Um, you know, in saying that, we do have some black book runners on Friday. Oh, no. Yeah, we can, yeah, uh, we can soon work around that. No worries at all. Yeah, that's that's all I was thinking yesterday, driving a Geelong, and I thought, I wonder if there's any black bookers tonight, and you'll come on tomorrow and say, oh, there was a black booker last night, and it won. And I thought, well, I'm doing a disservice to us. So maybe the next step's that, and then I've got something else in the back of my mind, but I won't go with that one yet because there's a lot more work involved in that. So uh, who you got tomorrow night, mate? 
Uh, very tricky night, game plan-wise. Trying to find some value. We do have a few runners going around, being Shepherd and Cup nights. Uh, uh, we've got Stars Destiny in race number one. And uh, Stars Destiny went really good last start. So we're going to have a little play with Stars. You're there, but you've dropped. He's, he's gone again. I don't know if that's him, him or me. I reckon he's out fishing. He loves his fishing, Steve. Absolutely loves his fishing. I reckon he's out fishing, and he's getting bites, and he's dropping the phone and reeling in fish. I'd say that's the case. So his first one was race one, number five, Stars Destiny. David Miles, uh, trainer Not. and driver. We're back. Steve, you're back, mate. Are you catching some <laughs> fish or something? No, I'm at the stables. I don't know what's going on with the phone. I've got full reception, and all of a sudden it just drops out. So not sure if the storms have done some damage or something to to the towers uh, from last week or not. But, yeah, having all sorts of trouble. But we'll punch through them. We'll, we'll try to get through them, that's for sure. So I don't know where I dropped out at. One, but, uh, you, all you said was Star's Destiny, and you were going to have a bet on it. You didn't. We didn't get a stake, though. Okay, so a $5 win, $20 place bet on Stars Destiny. So it's race one at Shepherd on Saturday night. Number five, Stars Destiny, $5 win, $20 the place. Yep, keep going. Then we move on to race number two. We've got number nine, Nikki Nana, who is just racing in spectacular fashion. Uh, it's a short race, 16, 90 metres, but one thing I do know is she's going to be hitting the line super hard. So we're going to have a $10 win bet, $40 place bet, Race two, number nine, Nikki Nana. Just shows how horses can change in a change of environment, don't they? You know, you could get another horse, take it from Julie Douglas to the Mailses, and it could win four in a row. But different horses for different courses or just a change of environment seems to just freshen them up and get them going sometimes. They say a change is as good as a holiday. So, uh, yeah, absolutely. And uh, that seems to be what happened with Nikki Nana. Our next bet, we move across to race five, Toby. We've got number nine, ten going with Sierra. Now, this is her third chance in the Black Book. Mm. It'll be the last chance I'll be backing her if she lets me down. But, look, the run last week in the Chuka Cup, you just got to forget about it. It was a leader's race. She was last and wide, and there was just no hope of getting into it. And He's gone again. He's still there this time. He's hanging out. He's gone. Yeah, this is wonderful radio. Absolutely wonderful. People will be enjoying this no end. Uh, big fella says, maybe the neighbours cut the phone line. Oh, wow. wonder what Steve's done to his neighbour to have the phone line cut. Uh, and we won't go down that path. So, tangoing with Sierra, we just didn't get a stake, I reckon, mate. Yeah, don't, no one wants to hear my staking plan, but $5 to win, $20 to place, tangoing with Sierra, race five, number nine. Five by 20 on tangoing with Sierra, yep. And then we move to the Cup, race number six, the Shepherd and Home, uh, the Neatline Home, Shepherd and Pacing Cup. We have four runners in this race Curly James, Serge Blanco, Max Delight, and Coravelli Star. My original plan was to back Curly James fairly hard, but there's just no value there. The odds are up, it's pretty short. We're not going to get much of a return. So I've gone a wider play, just trying to find some value. So both. Horses, Max Delight and Serge Blanco, numbers 10 and 11. We're having $15 win and $35 a place on each of those horses. So $15 a win, $35 a place, Serge Blanco. $15 a win, $35 a place, Max Delight. Yeah, well, if they go hard up front, they're two of the four that'll be coming into it with Bulletproof Boy and Coravelli Stars. So you've covered that off pretty well. You just need a bit of tempo. 
Yeah, absolutely. A bit of tempo, a bit of racing luck, and they could certainly be winning it again, especially Max Delight. He's had three runs in a little black book for three wins, and I think the shortest he's paid is about $5. So uh, <laughs> hopefully he can do it again for us, and he's currently about $7 on the tote now. So the only other runner we have for the night is race eight, number three, Ebony's Avenger. And I tell you what, if this was an eight-horse field, I would have had a little place bet because I thought her run last start was very good and uh, the barrier draw could help her. But we've spent our $200. It is only a seven-horse field, so it only pays first and second, so I won't be having a bet there. So just to recap them, Toby, race one, number five, we're having five to win and 20 the place. Race two, number nine, 10 the win and 40 the place. Race five, number nine, five the win, 20 the place. And race six, Numbers 10 and 11, both horses, $15 a win and $35 a place. That brings us up to our $200. It does bring us up to our $200 game plan. And Steve is gone and done. He's uh, Steve might be busy eating donuts, says Tracy. Um, yeah, well, I heard you went up. Tracy and Big Fella, and you got to uh, a tour around Steve's property. And I spoke to Steve, and he said he, you gave him donuts. So I thought you could have given him something in return or given him some kudos or credit. I was going to ask Steve, I wonder what odds Ebony's Avenger would have to be the place to uh, twist his arm uh, to have something on Ebony's Avenger. And uh, he's, he's like, he's just sent me a text. And uh, Steve, don't stress about it, mate. These things happen in uh, radio land. And uh, the way we do it, we ring people. This is the basis of Trot's Life. We ring people to get a variable content. I could sit here and talk for two hours. Don't worry, I could, uh, even if I was underwater, like the caravan park I stayed at. But uh, I could do that. But uh, the beauty about it, and uh, I suppose your, your greatest strength your greatest flaw, and our greatest strength of this show is we ring people and get different people and different opinions and different content. And the greatest flaw is when the phone lines don't work, <laughs> basically. So your greatest strength's your greatest weakness. That was my dad's saying. Um, I don't know. I think he was always trying to point out to me I had more weaknesses in a positive manner. But anyway, that's a whole other story that we don't want to go down into. Uh, yeah, I wonder what odds Ebony's Avenger would have to be to twist Steve's arm and have a little dabble the place on Ebony's Avenger or each way. I know I'm ready jet and Chinese whisperer in the race, which you would think and Covelli Hotspur, three horses, a level above Ebony's Avenger, but she's got such great tactical nous now. I reckon she's really become a, a really good racehorse, and um, Stevie is texting me, so I'm going to get an answer to this. And I just think she'll get to the pegs, and she's a wonderful chance of running oh, second. And I'm with you, Steve. If it had it been three the place, I would have been 450 the place I would back her. Yeah, I'm about the same as you. She's probably... Well, she has to beat two of those good ones home. Sure, I reckon she'll beat one. And I mean, Illawong Stardust back in the day was at that level that the other three are, but she'll beat one of them home, but I'm just not sure she can beat two of them home. And I reckon you're in the exact same place I am with her, Steve. And I suppose there's a, another way of doing it. Have a, a trifecta, five, six, seven, five, six, seven to beat three. Uh, one out to run third. And uh, maybe have a little something on her the place as well if you were going to play that uh, race. I am on Trot's Vision on Saturday night at Shepparton. I'll be at Shepparton uh, doing parade ring interviews, etc., and catching up with some trainers and drivers. And I'm going to, uh, I might see if I can track down a heart rate monitor and stick it on David Moran and, and monitor him throughout the night. 
and see if it actually does get above 40. I could do one for Jack Law and Greg Sugars as well, and Nathan Jack and Kate Gaff and Alan Torm and Mark Pitt. Oh, it's, an in- it's interesting, isn't it, that the best drivers don't seem to elevate or get too concerned about things. They're very calm, very composed uh, and when they drive, and that's probably why they make such wonderful drivers. James Herbson doesn't get too flustered about too much. But what flusters James the most, I reckon, is uh, when he has to choose between two horses in a race and he chooses one and the other one wins. That's his competitive nature. There's another guy, Chris Alford, I reckon, when he was James's age, was probably pretty similar. Those two are more similar than they realise, but uh, that's a whole other story. I won't go down that track because I'll be seeing them both uh, Saturday night. Uh, Ryan Sanderson, never seen him get too elevated about anything in life, so uh, he's down that mould as well. Calm, composed, uh, plenty of drives under your belt, and then uh, it seems like harness racing, that's what you need to do to be a really good driver. There's the three factors in, involved in it, and even you look at a bloke like Alan McDonough, he's a very calm, composed guy when he's driving. He doesn't see himself, I don't think, as a racing, as a driver as such, I don't think, but uh, he doesn't. He never drove his own horses. He got, used to get Greg Sugars, I reckon, to drive most of his own horses for a long period of time. And uh, but funnily enough, he's a really uh, good driver. Uh, well, he drives, and people say, "Oh, he's, he drives Emma Stewart's horses," but he just does it how they need to be done, and does it calmly as well. Uh, Four fifty the place. Steve would back it. Oh, I did say that, didn't I? So. Yeah, I'd, I would agree with that, Steve. Anything north of four fifty-five dollars, uh, she'd be worth a little place bet. Ebony's Avenger, the, the uh, no doubt that'll go up, Steve, in some capacity as well, and to a website, the little black book. It has been really successful, and I think we need to take it to the next level over twenty twenty-four. And uh, every time one is going around, Monday to Friday, we need to cover it off. That's where I'm heading with it, Steve. It's just going to be a little bit of extra work for you uh, and slotting it in. We can do it within a little two or three-minute gap like we do with uh, Darren Carroll. We might even bump Darren Carroll a couple of days. How's this? This is almost slanderous stuff. We might even bump Darren Carroll a couple of days and slot the little black book in because he'll have been on Gareth Hall's show because he's left us behind, gone to the other show giddy up which you know is the same station and everything so it shouldn't really matter i'm waffling aren't i and i'm past the news let's get to the 11 30 news we'll come back the other side we might say g'day to jamie who's sitting here patiently listening to me waffle on hello frank walker trot's life i had to do that i was uh, asked to do it uh done jamie how are you mate yeah not too bad thanks toby you're on the trek back from tasmania to vietnam yeah, I thought I'd just call Melbourne for a few days, mate, just to say hello and, um, yeah, head back to Vietnam at midnight tonight. You don't need some tiles by any chance. No, mate, <laughs> you're right. don't need any tiles. <laughs> uh, you're right, mate, you're right. You don't own bargain tiles or any national tiles or both or anything? I'm not that wealthy, Toby. You are, so don't give me that. People love how I give you a review about that. Yeah, well, like I said, the Vietnamese economy is kind. You don't have to be, have a lot of money to be a billionaire in Vietnam. Yeah, and uh, well, 
when you're a billionaire in Australia, what does that make you in Vietnam? Or have they not invented it? And they might have invented that word in Vietnam. No, it might be a cockshuttionaire. Trillionaire. Cockshuttionaire is what they call it in Vietnam. That's yeah. a Vietnamese word. Oh, you're an e-pod. You're an e-pod. But yeah, but no. Nah. <laughs> well, ta- well, well, you'll be back at uh, 12.30 when we do our regular Taz Racing segment. We'll get some tips off you and... I was trying to get a guest up, but I, I don't think I'm going to have any success. He doesn't even remember the horse you bought off him, so uh, that's a bit of a worry. But oh, we might have a chat about I've got a trip coming to Tassie. I've well, got a week in Tassie, so we'll have a chat about that. As long as, it's, as long as it's not going to be a trip alongside like the Griswold that's going way back. You know, there is a bit of Clark Griswold in you, to be honest, Craig. You reckon? Yeah. Wow. He's trying to fight fire with fire now. Unbelievable. And I'm sure the listeners would agree. How many people will, uh, you reckon, um, go the extra mile because I'm mates with you? And how many will walk the other way, you reckon? What's the oh. what's the percentage in Tassie? I'll probably walk. I'll probably all walk away, mate. <laughs> <I> know, but, <laughs> okay. No, no it's not but, that. But, but, but the club you're going to, Bernie's a great club. Great club up the north northwest coast, mate. They'll make you more than welcome. And um, I'm going to Hobart as well. Yeah. Uh, assuming the flight works on time, I'll get there on time. Yeah, no, Hobart's do get a good crowd in attendance, to be honest. And um, the Friday night one, you get a lot of people coming from work, you know, probably 800 or 1,000 people there. So, you know, you'll blend on in On a well. standard Friday night? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Not much to do in Hobart. Wow. You know, they usually hold up pretty well. I've got a long list of things to do in Hobart. There's the Salamanca Market. Then there's... Um, there's... Um, Anyway, we're going to Salamanca Market. Yeah, it's good Salamanca Market. I used to go there a long, long time ago. I was there last weekend, to be honest. Um, not much has changed, just the price of everything. As it is <laughs> everywhere in the world. It's unbelievable, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> if it's if it's affecting you, then you can only imagine how it affects us, normal people. Right, let's get to a break. We'll come back. Brett Coffee on the other side. Welcome back to Trot's Life. Brett Coffee joins us. You never know. Well, you know what the first question normally is. How are you and whereabouts are you, Brett? Uh, going well, Toby. Going well. Uh, up at Alabar, so just outside of Echuca. Um A little bit hot, but uh, we're coping okay. So. Well, not any rain affected there, mate? Flooding or anything like uh, that? Not really. There's, there's, there is water lying around. Had a, obviously yeah. had a boatload of rain, same as everyone else in Victoria and... Um, We've had to get the pump out, but uh, no, nothing, nothing significant. <laughs> so now, uh, Harry Coffey, are you related at all? Or, uh, we don't think you would be, but uh, you never know. <laughs> no, I don't think I am. But uh, Shannon Nixon once said uh, I didn't meet Harry. He introduced me to Harry one night at Bendigo, actually, and uh, uh, apparently Harry used to travel around and spend some time in WA. So uh, <laughs> and Harry used to, uh, yeah. <laughs> So maybe it might be related, and I just don't know it. So, but uh, not that I'm aware of. Yeah, fair enough. Now, uh, we, we, I was all fired up to get you on uh, for this chat. That is for sure. So, uh, let's start with with Vincent. And I think, mate, he's doing a lot better job than people realise. And I reeled these stats off off the top of the show: 175 foals in his first two crops at a two and three year olds, and of that. They've averaged eight thousand dollars in earnings uh, from those two crops, which is amazing, really, when you think about it. And the first two-year-old over in WA was won by Vincent as well, mate. Yeah, no, exactly. No, he's done. A, he's done a you know, had a really good start to his career, and um, yeah, like it's 
I think people sometimes forget, like, yeah, his oldest were just three-year-olds last year. So it um, hmm. seems like he's been around for a little while, but his oldest were only three-year-olds. So he's, he's just sort of starting. And then you see, you know, a horse like Al Vincent can go and comes out and wins the Chuka Cup at his first start as a four-year-old. So, but like, they'll, they'll be stepping out into, yeah, into the open grades soon enough. But, um, yeah, like, no, he's done, he's done a really good job. And um, the thing I sort of look at Vincent, um, it was something like 12, I think it was 12 of his, Top 15 earners are also their dam type earner, so he's you know he is yeah, sort yeah. of upgrading some mares, which is um, which is always a good sign. So um, so yeah, no, he's doing he's doing a really nice job. What what about the cross to Sun Beach somewhere? <laughs> First, the three year old crop, which are now four year old now. I'm um, yep. still in 2023. All f- the the <laughs> four of them have every have earned 27, 31, five, and 18. So three winners. One that's won like 27,000 hasn't won a race, but it's obviously a nice little filly. So there's an average yeah. of 20k there, and and uh, the winner in WA, uh, who I've got Rainette, was out, out of a Sun Beach somewhere mare as well. So there's six of them, and five four of them are one, and another one's won 27,000 without breaking its maiden. So is there something in that? Uh, it sounds like it. it. Sounds like it. I want to get you employed here, Toby at uh, Oliver. Uh, you're really got some good stats here. I like it. Yeah. Well, so is that something that uh, you look at now and like, say, say, oh, sure, yeah. yeah, yep. And 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 to be honest, like um, when you're looking at these younger horses, I guess like because Art Majors actually cross quite well with some beach and mares in the states. Yeah. So you know, generally you'll see that they'll follow through, sons will follow through and, you know, cross with similar lines to their, to their parents or to their dad, I should say. So, yeah, no, for sure that's something. Exactly. Um, it's definitely something that you look at and you go, well, yeah, um, um, that, this could be a cross that's working and, and um, we need to replicate it going forward. And then they're Vicbred Platinum eligible and I'll let you explain that as well. Yeah, so that's something that's... Um, um, oh, was, it was a bit of a collaborative approach, but you know, I think Stephen Bell, who who was at HRV at the time, he he came up with it. Mick Hooper, um, you know, also had had involvement with it, and HPV, of course. Um, and it's basically um, the first bid bonus, which you know is so well received in Victoria. Um, if you've got a horse by a Australian or a New Zealand um, bred stallion that is based in Victoria, um, those foals. That are born in Victoria can be, um, you know, eligible for the twelve thousand dollars first win bonus. So, obviously, you get your stake, um, your race stake for winning, and then you get your twelve thousand first win bonus on top of that. So it's, it's, um, it's a little bit of an extra incentive to try and encourage people, I guess, to to or reward people to breed to those, you know, horses like Vincent or yeah, um, you know, Storm Inside, so Tribeca who got runners tonight, um, and and hopefully, yeah, someone you know will be taking home a twelve thousand dollars first win bonus tonight. That, that would be, you know. No offence to the other runners, but it'd be yeah, it'd be, it'd be a great start to have the first Victorian race of the season won by a yeah. uh, Bigfoot Platinum horse. So, what's Vincent stand for? Uh, his advertised fee is four nine fifty, and then discounts on top of that. So, yeah, so he's uh, <laughs> he's pretty reasonably priced, um, and um, and that's a, that's a it's always a tricky thing, like it has been. I'm hoping that you know Vincent and some of these horses we just mentioned will uh, will will change the trend a little bit, but. It's always been a little bit hard with the, uh, the, you know, the locally bred horses. They just don't seem to get that same, you know, respect as much as as the American ones. Um, so it's a little bit trickier. But you know, um, I'm hoping we're definitely seeing more numbers getting bred to those sort of stallions, and I'm hoping we'll see the racetrack results in you know the next two to three to four years. 
Well, an average of 8,000 per foal with a 12,000 bonus on top uh, means 20,000 by the end of a three-year-old. I, I think most people would be happy with that on average. Now, the, sto- yep. the storm inside, 58 live foals. It was a 62, but four were lost uh, from yep. my work. So 58 live yep. foals and three in the first two-year-old race of the year. That is staggering. Yeah, it is really. Yeah, it's um, like you know, obviously I like the horse, but uh, to get to get those sort of numbers already, um, you know, it's pretty incredible. He's another one that qualified the other night at, at Shepparton, um, and that'll race uh, within the next two weeks. So you know, all going well. So you know, to have that many horses up and going already from a, you know, for a stallion, let's be honest, he was a, you know, he's a cheaper stallion. He's uh, he started at the bottom, so um, so to speak. Um, is yeah, is, is quite remarkable. And, you know, really, really chuffed with it to be honest. So, sixty-two that first year, fifty-six the second, and twenty-eight the third year. Has that bounced this year at all? Because people have seen that their yearlings are looking nice. Yeah. So his his numbers, he obviously yeah. So with the with the twenty-eight this year, that'll increase a little bit, but because um, that's just a you know rolling figure as people. Oh, is it? Okay. Thing. But yeah, he did. He did. Uh, but yeah, no, he has. Like this year's been phenomenal with the horse in terms of mare's serve. He's going to serve. Uh, well, he's already served 140 this year between the two countries. Really? And, wow. I think it's 120 in in Australia and 20 in New Zealand. So, um, yeah, which is which is quite remarkable for a you know, especially for a locally bred horse as well. You often see that bump a little bit with shuttle horses because they've you know they have really good sale results in America or really good two-year-old results. With a shuttle, uh, with a locally bred horse, you don't get that, you know, that extra bit of uh, help from North America. So yeah, it makes yeah. it a bit trickier. So um, for a horse to do that in his fourth year, um, you know, I'd like to say it's uh, clever marketing from the <laughs> from, from Malabar, but um, but I'm sure it's just it's just been word of mouth. Like there's just been so many good reports on on them, um, and still continues to be that um, people have gone shit. This this horse could be, you know, could be good. We better get him now and breed to him. Um, and they have, so it's been really, really pleasing. What's he stand for? Uh, he's two, two and, and a half, half. including GST, uh, yeah, less discounts. Um, so, um, so he's very, very affordable, and and I'm sure that's you know part of the attraction to a lot of people that he's, um, you know, he's he was a tremendous horse in the track, um, you know, phenomenally bred, all American bred as well, and, and a nice looking horse and throws nice looking foals. So. Um, and now they're starting to, yeah, impress impress the breakers and trainers. So, well, he might uh, pretty exciting. He could be the next classic Gary. Who knows? Oh, exactly. Like that's the thing. Like we've, um, you know, here at Alabar, we're still taking a view. We'll, we'll always target those really good, you know, shuttle horses, the ones because you still need them. But we've also said, well, look, we we believe these horses now with the yeah. with the bloodlines that we've had come through that um, we're going to grab these. You know the the ones that we think anyway down here that that will suit the market and 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 have the potential to to be good stones will we'll, um, you know back them as well and 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 also back them with mares now you know that we've um we've got our own you know we've bred I think we bred half a dozen storm inside that first year um we, we ended up keeping most of them and and um yeah just going to place them to trainers and and um, give them a chance and and you know if they make it they make it and if they don't they don't but you have, you're not going to die wondering with him so. Well, I think as an industry, we've just got to get behind these locally bred stallions and I'll call it our Eureka moment and we won't go into that any further. Um, <laughs> Brent. Uh, Hopefully a serving title we win one in a couple of years. 
yeah, and that'll yeah. Anyway, that'll create some discussion and put some people <laughs> on the back um, foot. But that's the whole. Let's not open up that can of worms no, right no, here, no. right now. But um, but that's the and that's the thing. I guess with the storm inside, you know, you've seen so I tried Becker in tonight. Like Rob Watson's back him. Um, mm. You'll see poster boys step out and then Loris in the back team as well. So mm. that's probably a bit, little bit the difference, you know, um, right high with back team heavily. Um, like the, some of these, you know, it probably has to be the, the owners or the, you know, um, of these horses that, that do back them initially, at least at the moment, because sort of the commercial breeders, I guess, probably don't back them as much as, you know, as much as the shuttle stallion. So, yeah. Um, but they're going to get a chance, all these horses. So, you know, um, yeah, it's going to be really, uh, really exciting, really interesting times. Thanks, mate. We've got to get to Matt Young on the other side of the break and a great Western Australian person as well. Uh, he's, he's the best, Matty. Very good. Thanks, right. Brett. Thanks, folks. There's Bye. Brett Coffey, Matt Young, the other side. Oh, welcome back to Trot's Life. Matt Young joins us. How was your break, Matt? All's well, mate? Yeah, good as gold. Happy New Year to you, Toby, and uh, everyone tuned in. Yeah, really enjoyed um, yeah, just relaxing, basically. Still <laughs> yeah. work, but just relaxing as best I could. Yeah, very good, mate. Uh, uh, what's the next feature racing in WA? I'm sort of a bit lost with it, actually. Where, where's, where's the next big race coming up? Uh, I would imagine, if we're talking big, big race, I'd imagine probably the Fremantle Cup leading into the Nullarbor, so probably looking at the autumn time. So uh, yeah. oh, the Knights of Thunder is coming up soon too. That's a that's a reasonable race. So, yeah, I think there's a few here and there. I haven't had a real deep look into the uh, calendar, but I do know the Nullarbor is coming up in April, which is where a lot of the focus is heading. Yeah, and the Easter Cup, obviously, will be in there somewhere at Easter, which will be a sort of a lead-up in all that as well, I'd imagine. Yeah, yeah, it's... it's the Fremantle Cup is uh, going to be a great lead-up into the Nullarbor as well, and they'll have uh, plenty of lead-up races for the free-for-all horses to have a, a bit of a hit-out going into both of those uh, feature events. Uh, very good. Well, have you got some winners for us tomorrow night? Uh, we're going to start slow on uh, yeah. Friday for 2024. I think I've identified one, race four, number six, three rumours I thought was... Probably the best of the night. She can do some work in her races, and I think there'll be some speed underneath her, so she can just let things unfold. And hopefully, we get a little bit better than uh, six to four about her. So I thought she was a really good chance. Race four, number six, three rumours, and we're one and done for Friday night. Only the eight races, and hopefully, we can start building a bank into uh, the start of the year. I see Reuben's Pite starting to uh, perform pretty well. He was a bit disappointing in the Gold Nugget, but that was off um, off off a very short uh, lead up campaign, and he had some issues. But he's gone pretty well his last couple of starts. Yeah, he's getting there, and he's mm. racing in free for all company. So I expect him to bounce into the winners list pretty soon. Yeah, I would too, mate. Beautiful race four, number six, three rumours. Thank you, Maddie. We'll catch up again next week. Cheers, mate. See ya. There's Matt Young in WA. That hard out music means we're not far off the 12 o'clock news. We'll get that done and we'll come back with Mick Guerin, who's on the Gold Coast, uh, for a chat about Kiwi racing and the upcoming Victorian Carnival. Trot's Life, Toby McKinnon with you. Mick Guerin joins us as he does at 12 o'clock on most Thursdays throughout the year. Mick, mate, uh, happy new year to you and uh, we thank you once again for your contribution. 
Oh, thanks, Toby. It's nice to be back on again. Happy New Year to you. And Thank you. It's a very rare occasion, Toby, usually when I join you at 2 o'clock in the afternoon. It's, yeah. actually, it's actually 11 o'clock in the morning where I am. I've just arrived on the Gold Coast up here for the Magic Millions for a bit of a look around. So, um, yes, for once, you are ahead of me, Toby, on the clock. And, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing what the next couple of days unfolds and seeing if I can learn anything I can bring back to, to both codes and, and my work in both codes. Yeah, I think... Um That'll be the first time someone says I'm ahead of you, Mick, but that's okay. So, <laughs> well, she, hey, it's your show. I'm only a guest. <laughs> yeah, I, I know, but I'm the facilitator and I have experts come on for the expert part of it, and you're one of those fortunate. Now, I do want to talk to you. I've got a question for you, right? A cooter yep. and Don't Stop Dreaming come over. Uh, Cooter runs in the Casey Classic and Don't Stop Dreaming runs just in a normal ratings race. And then the week after. They run in the Hunter Cup and the Bonanza. Of those four starts, how many will they win between them? Yeah, very good question. Um, obviously, it might come down to the barrier draws, although the Cooter doesn't have great gate speed. But, yeah, I hate any campaign where something has a, a bubble or a bauble along the way. Anytime there's a little a little thing go wrong, I'm like, so many of these good campaigns don't work that well, and especially when you're trying to do something you've never done before. It's not like Copy Dad, who's been to Australia four or five times and has won almost every time he's been there and won almost every time he's, you know, he, he's he's gone to any state. But so, but as much as I was looking forward to having those horses over there, they might just still turn up and do a hell of a job. But yes, there's a lot of vulnerability about that now. In saying that, if you're going to be vulnerable. Maybe this is the time of year to do it. I think a lot of people, I spoke to Luke McCarthy on Monday, have given their horses a break and they will be coming back up. And it's really hard to bring them up to speed and have them honed down for a Hunter Cup because there's still a miracle mile to go and then you know a couple of big slot races. So I definitely think the Hunter Cup is a race which is the first feature, and I'm not being insulting to the Ballarat Cup by saying that, but maybe the first feature after a break for a lot of the absolute best horses. Yep. Whether that's Leap to Fame, obviously Swayze's not going to be here, but yeah, whether they bring Hot and Treacherous, all, the, all that sort of stuff. So I do think it's a race where there'll be a few vulnerable horses, but yes, I don't like campaigns that have delayed starts to them. They don't often end well, Toby. So my best guess, four races if they start in all four. One's my best guess. Two yeah. would be a good result. Anything above that will be a big bonus, depending on draw. Now, now, you alluded there without knowing it to my second question. A similar four races a month later in New South Wales with Miracle Mile and Chariots of Fire between those two horses, I reckon you might be nearly inclined to go with two wins? Well, I don't know. I think I think Don't Stop Dreaming is going to be up against them. I think Merlin's at least as good as Don't Stop Dreaming at sprinting. I'm not sure he's as good as Stayer. Yeah. So that comes down to barrier draws, and then you, I don't know who's going to turn up out of the other horses. The I don't know where. Sides and yeah, 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 exactly. The M, all the M is good. I, I don't know where they are, um, uh, and I haven't, you know, I haven't looked into it, and I don't think anybody. Well, well, with him a situation at the moment, while I don't think there's going to be any particularly big draws, I don't know because even if she's outed, the horses can still be trained under a similar regime, but it still still presents some doubt. This is no doubt it presents doubt. People go, okay, well, I wonder if I've got enough staff or, or whatever they may well think. And I'm sure they'll be fine. But, 
you start to think this is a really tricky time to be backing into futures races because you don't know if Leap the Fame's going to come to the Hunter Cup. Um, he's still probably vulnerable over a mile to, bizarrely, a horse like Hi, My Name is Jeff, who's not the same class as him, but might yeah. park him out and leave him there. Yeah, yeah. And all of a sudden, it's a really interesting time because there's a lot of question marks about a lot of horses. Probably Leap to Fame has the least question marks. But you also got to say, well, would you push the button on him for a Hunter Cup, which is 2,700 metres, rather than going a Miracle Mile and then maybe a 2,200, which will race like a sprint trip at Cambridge, which is where I'm sure they'll go for that million-dollar race. So, yeah, an interesting time. Probably the one thing I do know and the one thing I'm sure of than I was recently, and I was pretty darn sure a while ago, I'm absolutely certain Just Believe will go to the Cambridge slot race. Yeah, I reckon. Yeah, I reckon. Yeah. I reckon that'll be announced in the next week. That's that's my belief. I've had no contact with them. I don't know that, but I think once everybody's calmed down, and you get through New Year's and you look at 2014, people will start going to themselves, "What can I win? Interest rates are going up. I need some coin." And then when you start needing some coin, and I'm not saying everybody needs some coin, but the bottom line is. With interest rates up, everybody's paying sixes and seven percent on things. People start thinking pretty quickly, well, all right, how am I going to make some money out of this? Because going to Sweden's fun and going to other places is fun, but going to races you can win ends up being worth a lot more to you. I'll add something, and you're, I'm sure you'd be aware of this, that uh, with Just Believe and the Tubbs Sugars combination, well, uh, three of their team have just left to a different stable. In uh, Kylie's taken up an opportunity to be a private chain, trainer for Frank Barack. So, and her mum and dad have gone as well. So, they've I think they've changed their dynamic a bit, which which I would say reduces the chances of a Sweden trip even more because uh, with Greg, Greg, you know, is instead of Greg being twenty percent of that team of five, he's now thirty three percent of a team of three. If that makes sense. Yeah. I would suggest in the next week he'll be signed for Cambridge yeah. as going to the Cambridge race. I don't know that, but I just suggest he will be because people get through the new year. Everybody has a breath. They catch their breath and they go, right, what are we doing here? And people need some assurity because you start working back and working out what you're going to miss. And I'll be really surprised if Leek the Fame doesn't go. Um, if they want to make him a stallion, well, well over half the good broodmares in Australasia or in New Zealand. So, you know, you, you need a New Zealand kill to have any any cut through, um, you know, and we saw that with King of Swings. King of Swings had really good books at 10,000, which is incredibly commercial. But, gee, I'd be surprised if more than a handful of those mares are, um, aren't Australian. And the other factor, Pat Driscoll has managed at Yabby Dam Farms to balance the promotion of the sport with being a businessman very well, if that makes sense. And yeah. last, like he owns effectively 30, well, he owns Just Believe and leases him out. So he, he's a 33% stakeholder in the horse, really, and he owns a slot. And I think the balance there, he has promoted the sport in the sense the horse went to Sweden, but I think this year might be more an economical decision. And I've got a slot. Let's put the best horse in Australasia in my slot, thank you, that I own a share in anyway. It all points to it, doesn't it? No, I wouldn't be surprised if he went for one of his own horses. Oh, another one, sort of, and have yeah, and have a have a two pronged attack. Well, why not on Ready Jet? Because yeah, the thing is, you don't yeah, need you don't point. need you, you don't need to use your own slot for your own horse because he's going to get one. Yeah. Whereas yeah. no one's going to go shopping for On Ready Jet by itself. 
but they'll shop for Just Believe. He's guaranteed to get a slot. There's probably four or four, four slots left because most of them were taken by horse people who own good horses. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's a few machinations and rumours around that Bolt for Brilliance has got an issue. So they got a slot. They might need a horse. So I think Just Believe could do a deal where, you know, then Pat can send his own horse, Omri Jet or whatever else he sends. I mean, he could send one of those other ones. Yep, exactly, Crash Dior, exactly. And then he's got a horse and a half on the list. Mm. So, mm. yeah, that's what I'll do. Mick, you make so much sense uh, every week. Oh, <laughs> consider, considering I've got out of bed at 4 o'clock this morning, Australian time. <laughs> <laughs> Although, for, most of, for many, of our, many of our trainers and drivers, that's relatively normal. So, no, I'm looking forward to seeing how it all unfolds in the next month. I'm looking forward to seeing who turns up. Um, I think when I was speaking to Luke McCarthy and Cam Hart on Monday, I got the feeling that wasn't that they didn't think their horse, it's not that they didn't want to go to Victoria. I think they just thought a lot of those Menangle type horses were better Menangle horses, yeah, like Hi, yeah. My Name is Jeff, yeah, yeah. than they are Victoria horses. And Victoria's still really strong. Um, you know, there's a lot of good horses in Victoria. They may not be great horses, but they're good horses. Like Acknow's a good horse, you know. So they're good horses. Well, you need to be on your game to go and beat them. And there might be the chance a Cooter turns up there and maybe to a lesser degree leap the fame. All of a sudden, you're thinking if you live in New South Wales, geez, I'm going to need a good horse to go to Victoria and win a race. Yeah. Um, and, you, and you are, and it's a very different type of racing to what they do. So talking to both those boys the other day, Luke was saying they had a couple heading to Victoria. But, yeah, I think they're pretty aware that they don't have a walk-up and, you know, aim-and-shoot type horse who's going to turn up in Victoria like King of Swing did three or four years ago. Yeah, I'm sure Jason Grimson looks at thoroughbred racing and they plan a horse for the Doncaster Mile and it is a Doncaster Mile or it doesn't go in a 2,700-metre race three weeks before the Doncaster Mile, does it? You know what I mean? Like, And I'm sure Jason's looking at things like that. So, hi, my name is Jeff Samiler and Swayze's a 2,700-metre horse and that's how he trains them. Yeah, well, Swayze's going to be in the, he's in the paddock. So yeah, I know, yeah, but you yeah, know what I mean. both, but, I, but I think they'll think of a hot and treacherous who hasn't turned up to the barn yet, mm. but by all accounts he is. And I think they'll leave high. My name is Jeff there. Like, he's already a 148.9 horse. Cam told me he'll go 148. You don't need to go much quicker against the market picks to be competitive. And if Leap to Fame can come around you and break 148 and beat you, well, so be it. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I, I, I think it's it. And also, it comes in other factors. You know, it's, it's an incredibly difficult time to travel. So I'll be interested to see what Andy does, whether Andy wants to start catch a wave in the Hunter Cup. There was a lot of hullabaloo this time last year that he should have been able to start in the Hunter Cup. And, there's no one on God's earth can convince me if he had started in the Hunter Cup, he would have won the Miracle Mile. He just wouldn't have. I agree. So the best thing ever happened to catch a wave was Missy the, the Hunter Cup. Um, it's interesting to see if he wants to go down that path. I don't think it's probably his ideal distance, and therefore you say to yourself, would you bother? You know, or would you give him a KC Classic or whatever mm. it is? Like, mm. man, I'm not sure. Well, the... And give him a confidence-boosting kill. So, as I said, I, th- I think it's a really intriguing time, whereas on the other side, on the other gate, there's virtually no intrigue. I think everybody thinks that if Just Believe was the front line and then a great Southern start, he'll probably win. And I think it's half the reason Muscle Mountain and Oscar Bonavina won't turn up. Muscle Mountain's had a problem, but I just think people are, well, why go over there? And that's reversed many times. You know, for many years, Australians thought, why go to New Zealand? We can't beat X. Well, Just Believe might be the new X at the yeah, moment anyway. Yeah, yeah. And, 
Andy Gath, we could call him Google Maps the way he can pot a course. So I, I reckon uh, he'll he'll make the right decisions there, Mick. And I'm pretty happy with that. I'm going to call him Google Maps from now on. And anyone listening, and you see Andy tonight or tomorrow, call him Google Maps. Well, I, I, think, I think he's a very, very intelligent <laughs> mental trainer. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I think, you know, he obviously doesn't drive the horses. And the strength he brings is his ability to think where they're best placed. And he's in it. As good a job on that as I've seen from any trainer in Australia in probably 15 years. Yeah, agree. Google Maps is his new nickname. Mick, thank you so much, mate. Enjoy the Gold Coast. We'll chat again next week. If we'll make it through the next six days, yes, Toby, we will. <laughs> Sounds good. Sounds good. Good on you, Mick. There's Mick Aguran, our Kiwi correspondent. Let's get to a break. We'll come back. Simon Jones from South Australia. What? Welcome back to Trot's Live. N- Nims, our great mate, has just jumped on. Turn your mic on, can you, Nims? Can you just turn your mic on? Yeah. I want this on air. Can you just repeat what you said about jumping on the buttons? I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I, I just said it's very humbling to be uh, on the great <laughs> yeah, Trot's Live show. That's not what he said. I'm pretty sure that is. <laughs> no, no, no. What you said oh, cause, was... Because I'm very much... I've always in awe of being with the great Toby McKinnon. That because is normally, not what you said. Normally, if, oh, I, I get a bit of this. Edition. And I'm joined by <laughs> Joe... <laughs> it's a, he's turned it around and stitched me up here. Oh, Hello. I just wanted... <laughs> Frank Walker from National Tiles. Uh, I did hear Hello. that earlier. Yes. Uh, now, I will get you in a minute, Simon. Um, I was going to just cut that audio and send it straight to Steve and Matt. Matt yeah, and Matty McKeldin, yeah. They, they, would, they would have just dined out on that for the rest of their life. But unfortunately, I reckon it'll be on the logger because it records everything that's said in a microphone. So I'll get... Uh, Coxie or something to go to work on. I was about to say, were you going to ask me to get John <laughs> no, stitch myself you're up? You're not going to stitch yourself up. I'm well, aware of that. Thankfully for you, Courtney's here. And in the words of Gary Lyon. Sorry, Nims. There's uh, no spot for you. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Nims, for filling in for a second. Uh, he's a man behind the scenes that uh, makes a lot of things happen. He saved me bacon too on the best ofs, uh, Nims. Uh, so uh, he does the, a show called The Driver's Seat, which is uh, as good a show as you will hear I'm not into motor car racing, but it's an abs- it's an absolutely wonderfully fun show uh, that you can just enjoy on a Wednesday night. So uh, sign up to the driver's seat uh, for NIMS. Now, Simon, sorry, mate, uh, couldn't resist all that. He compared himself to Michael Jordan uh, as a panel operator, so I wanted him to say it out loud, but I couldn't get him to do it. How are you, Simon? I'm very well, thank you, Toby, and sounds like you're having fun in there today. Uh, always having fun. Uh, did you? How was your break? You enjoyed your Chrissy New Year's, etc.? Yeah, still sort of on it, to be honest. Um, <laughs> so I've got another week, but, uh, you know, you always find plenty of work to do during... Yeah, we had a good break, mate, and uh, my, daughter's, my daughter's actually in a the National Optimus Optimus Sailing Regatta down at uh, Sunny Seacliff today. So there's probably about 100 kids from all around Australia and even some internationals competing. So it's uh, (laughs) terrific, terrific to be involved with it. They would have all gone there thinking they'd win. Yeah, no, there's some very, very competitive kids here. The Optimist Sailing Competition. Yes, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, it's uh, it's 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 a different world uh, from me. I, I, the only thing uh, I've sailed down the outside on a few paces, but that's about as close to sailing as I've ever got. But um, yeah, so it's it's enjoyable and great weather. So yeah. looking forward to the day ahead. 
I've yeah, I've been uh, uh, sailing zero times, so uh, don't look <laughs> to me to help. And it's, well, we got something in common. Ah, so. <laughs> uh, we got plenty in common, Simon. Uh, there's you just want to touch on uh, another sad passing. We've had too many of these lately, mate. And from South Australia, unfortunately. Yeah, Sammy Spiro, who who many would know if they've ever bought any horse feed from Globe Derby fodder. Of course, him and wife Pauline ran that business for. Close to 30 years, uh, he was a, a very astute punter back in the day when we had bookmakers. Uh, he's a friend to many, uh, a well-respected gentleman. He lost his life on Saturday, the 30th of December, unfortunately, uh, surrounded by family at home. So he's going to be sorely missed. Uh, they were working up till I think they closed the business, or came back into business after retiring last year and closed it up in November last year. And yeah, so our thoughts are with the Spiro family at this time. So, uh, yeah, sad to lose Sam. I think he was 86, but uh, many interstate people would certainly know of Sam and uh, very, very astute punter. He's one I can guarantee you would have would have won in his time, would have been a winner from the punt, yeah, that's but, for sure. Yeah, uh, condolences to the family from all at Trot's Life. And speaking of, who would Sam be backing this weekend? How's that a way of putting it? Yeah, well, he's a, he was an Anthony Robinson man. He used to like Anthony Robinson sources. So I expect a big night for Robert. Got some really key chances. Um, I'm not sure we'll get a lot of value, but supple, let's let's start with a couple to put in your multi. So race one, number seven, Vatican Green. Very impressive again the other day. We'll probably work to the lead here in race one and be too good even outside the lead. I think it's just got too much class. Your horse is back, Toby, after a little bit of a layoff in race three, number five, Life is But a Dream. I think he gets the job done, so there's a couple you can put in for the multis. And then it gets tricky after that, Toby. So it's it's a race where I'm probably going to have something on a, on a couple. Um, mm-hmm. Race four, I'm happy to have something each way, Franco Landry. He looks the early leader. Um, he's been racing well of late. If you can get sort of double figures each way, I'm happy to play him each way. Our old mate, Springfield Affair, if it has any luck from Barrier 8, I think it's the winner, but uh, Barrier 8's going to cause it some concerns because because it's uh, drawn behind a walker early, steam clean. Uh, <laughs> it'll be very slow. I'm happy to play race six. I'm going to have $5 each way, eight Majestic Tilly, and $2.5 each way, number seven, BJ Lindini. I think you'll get double figure, really good odds, those two. Yeah, okay. Hang on, you didn't give the numbers. Race six, number eight, Majestic Tilly. Yep, race six, number seven, BJ Lendenny. Yep. We'll have two, we'll play two there. And then the best bet for mine all night is race seven, number two, Chardonnay. I'm expecting Clarendon Legacy to kick up. No second row horse. Drop on the leader's back. It was sensational on the clock last week. It's racing very well, so it's my best bet of the night, race seven, number two. Yep. Uh, and that's, that'll just about do us, I think. Well, we're happy to play those. Oh, very good. So oh, sorry, race seven, number 11 each way, whistle on by. I think that's another value player. It's racing well, draws against it, but happy to have sort of $5 each way, race 11, number seven. Uh, hang on, where are we? Race 11, number seven, whistle on by. And what so you... Just a few plays there, but I'm pretty confident on Chardonnay. Uh, very good, mate. So... Uh, what what's the next main thing in South Australia? Oh, there was something else I wanted to ask you too. What's the next big race? Oh, you've got me. I know oh, we've got the on. yearling sales coming up next month. So yeah, I'm yeah. Pretty poor at looking ahead to the future. Obviously, Mount Gambier and 
period started up their seasons well and truly now. So um, we're going to see some southeast racing. Um, as for feature races, I'm not sure we get around to any feature races until late February, early March, but yep. I couldn't tell you what they were. What did did you see uh, me mate Darren Billinger's uh, Facebook post saying that him and Kenny Rogers drove the card the other day between them? Yeah, at Port Perry, yeah, I thought that was right. <laughs> He's always good for that, Darren. Um, and then he backed up on uh, Simon, won his 44th race there on Monday. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's amazing, that horse. He's uh, the evergreen, yeah. Uh, but he's a character, Darren. Yeah, Kenny Kenny not driving at the moment. I think he's sitting on the on the fence. But And then Ryan backed up with another three or four winners on Monday. So uh, those two boys off to a great start for the new season. He got me, actually. I thought, oh, geez, he must have got a double or a treble or something. I quickly looked up the results. <laughs> and as I was on holiday, so I wasn't really taking much of note of it. And yeah, he'd only driven the one winner, but uh, it was very well played. The rest were Kenny Rogers. And then I did see a few tweets of people uh, talking about Kenny winning all the races and likening him to another Ken Rogers. Yeah, well, that's it. He's uh, He is a very talented driver, that's for sure. So um, I think he's doing 10 days or something now. But, um, yeah, Darren, Darren, well, we'll give Darren credit. He won on a trotter. He doesn't drive too many trotters. So uh, it was a good effort to get the trotter home for Luke O'Neill. Yeah, uh, we'll be careful what we say because he'll catch up with me sometime soon. He goes to Broken Hill each year, basically. So that's where I've sort of got to know Darren. He's uh, for their cup meeting up there. It's a bit of a holiday for him. But, uh, yeah, as good a people in harness racing you won't meet. They are just terrific, the Billingers. Absolutely. Yep. And Mark obviously retired now, living the life of luxury. Not many. Well, you'd know this. Uh, he won the home lotto, so he ended up with a one and a half million dollar home at uh, Largs Bay, at Largs Bay, at uh, Glenelg, about two years ago, two three years ago. So he's uh, he's loving life down there. You're probably trying to sell it for him, are you? Oh, we did dump him the other day, and he did mention he might be looking <laughs> at selling it. So, well, here's my card. So, <laughs> yeah, no, he's uh, yeah. So all good fun here in SA. Someone has given me a video of you, uh, Simon, selling homes that uh, I've got up my sleeve for one day. Oh, not the Selling Homes Australia. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's still is that still doing the rounds? Yeah, just one particular person's got it. Uh, was straight on order as soon as you were part of this show and showed it to me. I won't name names, but uh, yeah, he's very good at plotting courses anyway. His initials A and G. Uh, yeah, I won't give it away. <laughs> All right, no worries. <laughs> good on you, Sam. Great to hear from you, mate. Uh, we'll catch up again next week. Sounds great, Toby. All the best. There's Simon Jones from South Australia at 12.30 News, and we'll get Jamie Cockshut up on the other microphone. Oh, welcome back to Trot's Life. It is our Taz Racing segment. Jamie Cockshut has joined me in studio, which is about a once a year sort of a job. Is How long have we been doing this, Jamie? Well, my hair's got a lot more grey since I've known you, Toby, so probably you know, the last four or five years I've noticed a lot of greys coming through, so about that sort of time, I reckon. Yeah, fair enough. Your wrists sore too from all that counting you do as well. So um, just flicking those notes, 100, 200, 300, 400, 500, 600, 700, 800, 900, 1,000. You never send a bike count to 1,000 so quick. Uh, <laughs> let's go on, Seston. Uh, on Saturday night, and it is the feature meeting, I did try to get a very special guest, but it didn't come off. So... Uh, and haven't heard 
back from him unless he has messaged me. No, he hasn't, unfortunately. So uh, we're not going to have the guest I tried to get, but that's okay. Let's get through some tips for Launceston. and we'll have a good chat about the Dev Cup too. Yeah, we'll start off race three, number five, a little ripper. Um, first up in the state was, was fair, but then second up, she sat parked. And she had a pretty good mare on her back called Stepping Stones. And she held Stepping Stones in the run of the line and done it well. This is a fair bit easier. Back to the mobile condition. So she will be winning race three. Um, the only query the, the stable mate Blackwood Miss, who's first up for Rowan Hillier and always had plenty of ability. But I'm happy to go a little ripper's way. Then we go across to race eight, number four, Artie Boy Glenwood. Um, got the job done. Very impressive at Carrick. Uh, it was his home track. And now that he's got his mojo back, I reckon he can he'll look to spear to the lead. And if he does find the lead, he'll um, do what he done the other week and lead all the way and win pretty easily. So I'm happy to go Artie Boy Glenwood in race four. Cutler Value plays race one, number 10, Cynical Jermaine. One, hang on. One, number 10, Clinical Jermaine, yep. Yeah, just um, just maps, maps well in a pretty tricky race. So she gets on that three-wide line and... Close enough, I reckon she's got the speed to get over the top of her rivals late. Ah, <laughs> beast mode. Yeah, well, he got the job done last week for us, Toby. I was on him at around 7 or $8. He was able to lead throughout, and I think he can do the same again if he's driven as aggressive as what he was. Um, a bit more speed inside him, but I reckon the lead will be there, and um, he runs up to that. You know, he, he should be just about winning race five. In March last year, he had nine starts for five wins and three-thirds and a fifth. Then he basically didn't run a place until December 1st, and since then he's had six starts, two wins, three seconds and a third. If you go back to one time, I'd actually quoted something like that. He's a horse that when he finds form, he holds it for five or six runs, yeah. and then he goes missing for, for, for the next 15 <laughs> to 20 runs. It's like he, gets, he drops back in grade, and that helps him go again. Gets the mojo race. going yeah. again and gets the whatever mojo. it yep. is. and no, That's right. Uh, the best at odds, race seven, number nine, Pantano Stride. Um, very consistent, in a pretty tricky race. Going to push through, going to be close enough, and 10 or 12 to 1, he's definitely worth an each way gamble in race seven. We'll play a quaddy. First leg, two, four, eight, and 11. Second leg, two only. Third leg, one, four, six, seven, eight, nine. Last leg, four. $30 for 100%, but we'll have another one with its insurance. First leg, two, four, eight, 11. Second leg, 11, 13, 14. Third leg, 1, 4, 6, 7, 8, 9. And last leg, 4. Um, $45. For $45 for 50%. Devonport Cup. Uh, Mickey O's mark, $3.40. Surely he's, if he steps, he's a fifty chance, isn't he? Correct. Um, you know, look, he doesn't fly away, and that's the, the issue. He's got some pretty good beginners outside him that do fly the tapes. So if Matty can get him to hold his ground early and he finds a lead, you know, he's an odds-on pop, even if he finds a lead after 400 metres. But if he gets a few from the outside, calm down on him, cramp him up. But saying all that, I do think he's a good thing. (laughs) But as long as he goes away with him and settles in the first half a dozen, he'll be able to bully his way to the top. So would you be better off taking 340 before the race or... A dollar eighty, a hundred meters after the start. I'm a value player. I'd take the risk that he he's going to go away at the three forty. That's it, just me. But and you're going to go on air saying that he should have got twenty meters. I am only joking, Hal. It's no, just... no. I, <laughs> I, I actually said joking. to Braden. Braden messaged me the other day and I said he'll get the front in this race. He said what? 
I said it's a Devonport Cup. It's a forty thousand dollar race. Yeah, so it's that next level. It's He's never next won level that up. next level. So then, Sunny Sands has is all by myself. Won one of these. Yeah, she won the forty thousand dollar Golden Apple a couple of weeks ago. So she had yeah, to go oh, back yep. to set the ten meters. Rack him up, Tiger Pie. Has He's, won one of these. Uh, but it's his just consistent record, I reckon, that's got him there. And he's a 120 rider. Yeah, he's a high rider, but it's a very good race. You've got some, you know, give me the Irishman return to form. Like checking can fly the tapes, you know, and Gordon's base first up in the state. From, he's an interesting runner, isn't he? He is. He comes down from an angle. He's, mm. He won $200,000 races back in oh, probably April last year. And you don't win $100,000 races, you haven't got ability. Um, stand start to be a query because there's no stand start racing up in Menangle. Uh, but if he does go away, he's definitely got ability and he's definitely one you'd have to throw in for the multiples because um, Todd Rattray's also got Hard Jeet in his stable. I notice Hard Jeet's missing from this race. Um, so I don't know if there's a problem, but yeah, Gordon Spay's the lone runner. So definitely, buddy, you've got to keep safe, Toby. Who owns Rackham Up Tiger Pie? Do you know? Michael Stanley. In, Ian, uh, Ian, Ian Stanley. Stanley. Yeah. Who bred the show Ian Stanley. Ian Stanley. It's out of exotic. Oh, she's doing well there. Exotic. It's exotic something. Yeah, it is exotic. Uh, Let's see. Angel. Angel. Exotic angel. So in 2014, he bred Rack'em Up Tiger Pie and in 2015, the Shallows. I reckon I should have got him. We should have got him. I should have got him on. Uh, if I had have said to him in 2013, the next two years you're going to breed horses that are going to be in the 2024 Devonport Cup, I reckon he would have looked at me like he probably does anyway. Normally, that I've lost the plot. Yeah. Well, Shadow's obviously in show mode because I think they only paid three or 4000 for him. Really? Yeah, yeah. They, they brought him online. So he obviously didn't show enough as a young horse. Um, I think he had his first star as a late three-year-old in Tasmania for Hoofwood. Well, that's funny because... I reckon if you ask me, Ian's horses generally get better with age. You know, I reckon he takes his time with them when they're young, etc. And and he aims to have horses racing it in these sort of races, not two-year-old Vic breeds. Yeah, that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, I understand. Yeah. So, yeah, they've done well there. That was yeah. a bargain. Well, I, I, I don't know why he got rid of them, but I know they only paid four thousand for him. You know, around that mark, and um, I think he's won a couple, close to a couple hundred. I reckon now. I can answer that. And the mare had no more foals, I don't think. Uh, so that's a real bugger. That I hate. I hate that part of it more than anything, to be honest. Yeah, two hundred eighteen thousand and won twenty two races. So he's been a wonderfully good horse. Uh, let's face it. So uh, you're just going to back Mickey O, basically. Not a odds on, no. But if if he's they do if someone does follow the bloke who does the market to put up three forty, I'll definitely have a play at the three forty. What do you think of the bloke that does the markets? He's a bit, I don't know. He's not a bad fella at times. If someone gets him offside, he can be a bit of a... Oh, dear. <laughs> a bit of a... You know what? A bit of a... Uh, <laughs> now, Hobart on uh, Sunday night, I said, Jamie... I said, Jamie, uh, will you give us... How's this, Courtney? I said, Jamie, will you give us your best bet for Hobart Sunday night? And he said, maybe. I said, come on, Jamie, give me your best bet. And he said, maybe. And I said, Jamie, give me your best bet. And he said, Maybe. And then I just gave up and hung up the phone. Uh, best bet, Hobart, on Sunday night. When I wrote this down, I said, no, I'm not doing it. <laughs> but I couldn't find a best bet. And <laughs> and maybe he's a great admiral. I think he's five or six classes so the above. his name's maybe. He's, ho- he's five or six classes above his rivals in the race. Bit like me. And yeah. um, he should be winning. That's all there is to it. So, he's I, an 84 Raider <laughs> racing a 46 Raider. Well, that's what I'm saying. He's a great at certainty. And 
I didn't want to tip it because I knew you'd go that down the old maybe <laughs> maybe thing, but um, it gives the listeners a bit of a chuckle, mate. So that's what the main thing. So he will be winning race five. It's just what odds they get, you know, dollar eighty. And dollar eighty is a good price. Two dollars is sure you won't get a dollar eighty. Like I don't do the form or anything. Just, just from the draw, you know. Like um, he's pretty one pace, but he should prove too strong for him, mate. But um, Todd won't stuff around though. Straight around to the chair, sure. Well, you'd think so, but you just don't know. But um, he he's a, he, he will be winning. I don't care what happens in the run. It's just what price we get. What do you reckon he'll say if I ring him and ask him if he's going to the chair? Todd's very conservative. He won't tell you. He'll say maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Took me two. <laughs> Took me two case. Uh, I'm on me Pat Maloney here, Danny, if you're listening. He's he's my cousin. My cousin, Danny. I'm on me Pat Maloney. Um, the value play, race two, number 13, our Ruby Rose. Um, just needs a bit of luck to get a card into the race. As long as three wide cover, within 10 metres at the top of the straight, she's got the speed to round up a rival. Within $5, I reckon we should get, and definitely worth a good each-way gamble. And the one at odds is race seven, number 10, Cardesla. No form to recommend whatsoever, but does go okay from the tapes. And um, it's a field that lacks a little bit of depth and wouldn't shock me to see him run a much improved race around the $20 mark. Then we'll go Quaddy. First leg, 10. Second leg, 2 and 3. Third leg, 1, 3, 4, 7, 8, 9. Last leg, 1 and 11. $24 for 100%. Let's clear a commitment. We'll come back and more from the comedy duo McKinnon and Cockshut. <laughs> Welcome to Thursday Trust Life with Toby McKinnon on SEN Track. Join the conversation on 0499 736 736. Welcome back. We're in our Taz Racing segment. Jamie Cockshut in studio with me. Now, I'm off to Tassie. We touched on this uh, earlier. So I head down uh, tomorrow week, eight days on the 19th. I'll land in Tassie at about 4.30, I think I get there, uh, with my partner, uh, G. And I'm going straight, basically I'll check in on the way past. I found the closest accommodation to the Hobart trotting track I could. can't remember what it was called. Uh, I could find it, but that doesn't really matter. Now, I'll go to Hobart straight away, to the trots. Now, I've got a pen and poised here. And now, a question for you, Jamie. Person I need to see and one I need to avoid at Hobart Trots because uh, I want to wake up in the morning and go to Salamanca Market. So who do I need to avoid and who who's safe to talk to? Oh, Hobart's a pretty decent part of Tasmania, Toby, so they're all pretty safe to talk to. You just don't want to get caught up with the, the blokes that do like the beverages after they get a few wins. But um, sadly, most racing... After races are over, most people go straight home. Yeah, they do. Well, they've got horses. Yeah, they've got they to take them home. Right. But if you're heading down towards Salamanca on a Saturday, Sunday night, there's some beautiful bars down there that um, great scenery, and I'm sure you and G will have a lot of fun. There's usually a still a bustling group of people down there, and even though it's on a Sunday night, mate. It's not Friday night. Though, oh, Friday night. Oh, you laugh. She'll be buzzing. She'll be buzzing. So I you'll think, I you'll fit in well. I just wonder if we. Need to let the local authorities to know to put, um, usually on Christmas Eve and New Year's Eve, they put the big um, steel things around the um, uh, around the precinct so people can't go jumping through. And, you know, so someone of the man of your presence, they might have to contain the public out from getting into you, mate. You reckon the... The, the oh, popularity, yeah. you see, the popularity. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I'd imagine I could be walking down the street and... Uh, someone might recognise me. I'm sure at the trot someone well, they recognise will, that, me. That great, that great, great crop of hair, mate. 
Yeah. Um, and when they know I'm friends with you, they'll be coming up thinking, assuming that I, I might be rich, I suppose. Well, they might come up and give you a tap and mate, because they think, what, they, do, you, what, they do, you, might, what do you do? Um, Socialise them with him. They'll just assume I'm staying on a yacht in the harbour or something, I suppose. Yeah, you could probably arrange that. And Bernie, and then I go Sunday, so Saturday's the trek to Bernie, and then I've got a quiet afternoon, Sunday afternoon, and then off to Bernie Cup on the Sunday night. So who, who should I be avoiding there, you reckon? Uh, Bernie's a great place, and Bernie's a different club. They'll be all hanging about after the race, and they will leave they will. Australia. You know, Craig Hayes, one of our main guests, he'll be on. He'll be there, and I'm sure Hayes, you'll look after you and, and the lads in the the Will Rev horses, Mick Filio, Andy Williams. Um, they'll make you more than welcome because we have give them a fair bit of publicity. I think you're going to make sure of that. I'll make sure <laughs> of that. On your face, and I'll make sure of that. And yeah, you know, so you and your wife enjoy it. But now, Bernie's a lovely little part of Tasmania. Gee, you'd be surprised that we're married, but that's all right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, there you go. <laughs> That'll be news to her. Well, you never know. You could work with Tasmania's a good place to propose, Toby. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's, oh, uh, that won't be happening. You don't want to be hesitant talking about you. Yeah, it won't be happening, <laughs> let me tell you. Uh, if only you knew. Uh, so the Scooter Wheel Rev team, anyone, I'll have to look up their breed of their horses and write down a list and just avoid them for the night, you reckon, because they'll lead me astray. Uh, they won't lead you astray. They'll just make sure you enjoy yourself. You reckon I can... Um, fill in for you and Milky's beefers. Well, I'm going, to, I'm going to find. I'm going to get Hazy to find someone who does need someone to milk the cows, <laughs> and that's your job the next morning at five a.m. before you you leave Bernie. Uh, I might still and be I want up. video footage with so. a bit of luck. I'm still up. So well, at, at June, well, that'll be even better. At, when I went to June, uh, we we had a, a couple uh, at lunch. Time and that trekked on into the race meeting, and then after the last, we stayed back at the the buck and bull and all that. And they had a after party planned, and at four o'clock we decided we'd head to the after. Like everyone's still at the track, there's still twenty odd people at the track at four in the morning, and then we walked to the after party. And about an hour and a half into the after party, I um thought I'd better head home, and I've gone outside. It's broad daylight. <laughs> And I'm heading home and didn't know where I was and et cetera. So hopefully I can head straight from Bernie Trotts to this uh, arranged uh, milking session. I'll have an address for you within two hours. <laughs> I'll have an address. <laughs> I'll get on it straight away, mate, because I want to see the footage of it, to be honest. Um, if if there's a market, the chances of me milking a cow at five in the morning on Monday, what would you? I would say uh, 100 to 1 would be unders. Not reckon, udders, unders. I, <laughs> I reckon you'd do it just for the listeners, mate, because I'd be fu- fully supporting this, and I'd actually want to see footage of it from from your your partner, not your wife, your partner. <laughs> <laughs> or you actually there milking the cows, mate? Now, look, I have milked cows before, so it's What's what I mean? you're a natural. Yeah, it's um, yeah. Anyway. Uh, so off to Bernie, and then uh, a couple of days down, we're going to go uh, to Strawn for a couple of nights. Beautiful part of Tasmania, it the is, West Coast. Yeah, it is a nice part. part. Wouldn't be too many harness trainers at Strawn, I wouldn't have thought. No, there's not. There's some nice going to cruise and that. Um, but I did have a mate there once. He went up there for business. I shouldn't say this, but I will. He had $100 allowance for his work business and that. He had $21 left over. And in Tasmania at the time, there's a big Kino jackpot of just under a million dollars. So he thought, I was just going to put the 21 Dollars on Kino, spot nine. Went to work the next day and someone told him the jackpot had went off. And he said, well, where was it? Oh, some pub in Strawn. And he's... He's, he's nailed it. He went to the casino, checked his ticket, and there it was, 979000 he won. And you haven't gone, you haven't gone backwards since? 
No, it wasn't me, but he did come <laughs> into some horses with me. Oh, did he? Yeah, our Sir Jekyll on that. He, he came into that and we had a little bit of success. But, um, but yeah, it was just ironic. He's had $100. He's milling his few beers, cost him 79 He had 21 bucks, And he thought, well, let's have a crack at Keno. He weren't a bloke that actually played, played regularly. It. It's just that he heard about this jackpot. So, um, yeah, it was just um, it was a great. That's my biggest memory of Strong. But no, I've been there a few times, mate. You'll love it. You'll love it. It's a very... Um, very beautiful part of Tasmania. Yeah, and then a little stop over at uh, Cathedral Mountain. Cradle Mountain. Cradle Mountain. Cradle Mountain. Yeah, you Cathedral love... in the brain of yeah. Stone Integrity. Yeah, you, you love Cradle Mountain. It's a, it's a drive. It's a very scenic drive, and just take your time driving because the roads can be get a bit icy up around that area. But yeah, icy uh, in summer. Yeah, Tasmania's not always summer, mate. In this time, you should know that. Well, but but Cradle Mountain is renowned for a beautiful romantic place. Not know, a chance. Beautiful uh, romantic. Sea Dent. Yeah, that's him. Yeah, him. That's him. That's him. Uh, you, you've been outed, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be find. I'll, I'm going to find him on on Messenger and send him this uh, podcast. He, he retired not long after because he was in his late fifties and he'd owned his house and he just um, decided to um, yeah retire and he had enough money then. Well, I don't know when's enough for you to retire, but it must be soon. We better clear a break. We must be far off one, are we? Yep. Well, let's clear a break. We'll come back. We'll wrap it up on the other side. Welcome to Thursday Trust Life with Toby McKinnon on SEN Track. Join the conversation on 0499 736 736.